0: Good morning, Sunset. It's been about, what, three weeks since Christmas, and how many of you have put up your Christmas decorations? One. Wow. Okay, the Palmers have not done that yet, okay? I remember this one time. Uh, I, I probably was 16, 17 years old. I'm, the, some form of the Christmas decoration was up year-round, okay? So we just cut down on work, you know? Cut down on work for the following year. So, well, we're about three weeks away from Christmas, but I remember back to Christmas 2009. This was my very first Christmas here in the States. I'd left home in England and come to Lubbock for the AIM program, and this was my first time living uh, away from my family. So some family friends of ours that live here, uh, they live down in San Antonio. They'd invited me uh, to spend Christmas with them. Uh, and they were going to spend it with, with uh, some of their family members up in Amarillo. So, so they invited me to come and be a part of that. And, of course, I was very excited to spend this first Christmas here in the States. You know, I was excited to see in person the things that I'd only seen in the movies beforehand, okay? Because here's the thing about Christmas in India. It looks very different, okay? Christmas in India is, like, whoa different, okay? The, at the, in the top left, you see those little stars, Okay so people would hang those stars in front of their houses with a little light on the inside beautiful okay that was probably my favorite part about christmas i've never seen one of those here ever anywhere okay uh, and then of course there's all there's delicious food looks a little different than what we prepare here for christmas but there's still a lot of delicious sweets and then of course there's the uh, random track meet that happens at christmas time okay <laughs> Uh, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't, want, who doesn't want to run the 400-meter relay for Christmas, right? So I've done that before. That's not a picture of me, though. The, I'm not up there. So Christmas in India was different, and, and so I'm excited for this uh, family reunion of sorts, even though it's not my family, up here in Amarillo. So we make the two-hour-long drive, and we arrive, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, uh, I'm expecting uh, a lot of lights, Expecting a lot of decoration, maybe some snow, lots of good food. So I have my hopes up. There's a lot riding on this moment. So we arrive in Amarillo, we go inside the house, and there's about 10 or 15 other people, okay, about three or four families that had gathered together. And I'm introduced to everybody, and then I look around the house, and guess what? It's all there, okay? It's all there. This isn't the house, okay? I didn't think to take a picture at the time, but it was something similar, A lot of Christmas decorations, beautiful Christmas tree, okay? A lot of delicious-looking food set out on the table. All that I'd seen in those movies growing up in India and England, it was all there. I was so excited. So we finally go, and we sit down to eat, and it was a feast, okay? I tried white chocolate peppermint bark for the first time, okay? Any fans? It, It was fantastic. So we sit, and we eat, and we're visiting, and, 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 and we, you know, move on over into the living room and someone announces it's time to open presents. Now, I knew this moment would come too. Again, from the movies, I knew that there's this moment that everybody sits around the Christmas tree typically and, and they open presents. But I start feeling a little uncomfortable, a little awkward. I have no presents to share. I didn't bring anything. And here are all of these presents and all the excitement on everyone's faces to open this. But I'm, I'm starting to feel a little awkward and a little guilty that I don't have anything to bring. And so as I'm sort of uneasy in my chair and people start passing out these presents, lo and behold, there was one for me. Guess how I'm feeling now? Even more awkward, even more guilty going, Oh no, somebody got me one and I didn't get anybody else a present. And so I'm sitting here with my my present, and a few moments later, here's another one. And then another one. And another one, turns out, every family that had shown up had bought me a present so that I would have something to open with the rest of the family. Wow. What a way to make someone feel special. What a way to make someone feel included. I mean, I was overwhelmed I was overwhelmed with emotion. That small act of kindness on their part left such an indelible mark on me. I mean, I'm here, right, 13 years later still talking about this because they made me feel like I belonged. We're continuing our series this morning called Start Small, Get Big Results, and and this morning we're going to look at what that looks like when it comes to kindness, Okay, what well, that looks like when it comes to kindness, how we can bless other people by simply giving them small cups of cold water. Okay, that, that's kindness. That's how I'm, coin- I'm, 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 I'm That When you hear me say that, that's what I'm talking about. These small cups of cold water. And that makes me think of this practice that we have even in India, where, where when someone comes to your home, whoever they are, the first thing that you offer them as a sign of your hospitality, of you welcoming them, is a small cup of cold water, okay? And, and so as soon as I saw that title, I, I just, I, I knew that's what I wanted to talk about. And so this morning, we're going to look at what that looks like for us as Christians. What, how, how can we start small and get big results when it comes to kindness? So first, we'll look at how kindness is really in the Christian DNA. It's a part of who we are. Then we're going to see how small acts of kindness okay, send very big and important messages. And finally, we'll see that there's this special reward, a special blessing, if you will, that comes from showing kindness to strangers. First then, consider this: Consider the fact that kindness is an essential quality of Christians. Now here's what I mean by that. Anybody? can be kind, yes? And especially around New Year's time, you hear a lot of talk about uh, resolutions, and, and one of those things I hear often is that, is that people want to engage in random acts of kindness. Anybody heard that, participated in that? Okay, I, I have, okay? And, and anybody can do that. But here's the thing about Christians. It's that for Christians, there is nothing random about showing kindness. There's nothing arbitrary about showing kindness. It's not some special event for us. It doesn't take a lot of planning and thinking through. It's simply the way we live. It is in our DNA. It is a hallmark of our faith because we worship a God who is kind, and as His children, we imitate Him. We imitate His kindness. So, Scripture is replete with examples of God's kindness. And there's this one really beautiful example. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Okay, it takes up very little space. It's at the very end of Exodus, and I don't have it up on on here. I just want you to listen to this story. God has called Moses to be the leader of the Israelites, bring them out of Egypt and bring them into the promised land. Well, to make a long story short, Moses doesn't get to enter the promised land, okay? A lot of reasons for that. But here's the thing. God tells Moses, I'm not going to let you enter the promised land, but here's what I will do for you. I will let you see the promised land. And Scripture says that God takes him up this little mountain and shows him this land where the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Jebusites, all these people live, that God is about to deliver into the hand of the Israelites. So God shows this Beautiful kindness to Moses in letting him at least see the land, and then it says, "The Lord buried him up there. Can you get any more intimate than that? Wow, I love that picture of god 's kindness and, and, and I've pulled up uh, about three scripture quotations up here that, that we'll see in a second that where people describe the kindness of God, and I've pulled uh, specifically uh, exclusively Old Testament passages, okay. Old Testament passages that speak about the kindness of God, because here's the thing. There's this pervasive, erroneous notion that the God of the Bible, especially as we see him in the Old Testament, is a mean, malevolent, capricious bully. Those are not my words. Okay, those words are taken from the God delusion. Okay, the book, The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. That's how he calls him. He says, the God of the ultimate is just this mean and angry guy. Baloney. Look at how the Scripture, look at how scri- writers of Scripture describe God. Okay, First Chronicles 16, 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his loving kindness. His loving kindness, what? Endures forever. That's who he is. That's who, who, who Yahweh is. That's the God that we worship. What about this one from Psalm 145? The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. Does that sound like a mean, arbitrary, malevolent God to you? What about this from Jeremiah 31.3? This is how God describes himself. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness, unfailing kindness. That's the God that we worship. And so when we come to the New Testament scriptures, the exhortations that we find there for our lives are things like this. Ephesians 4.32 says, hey, Be kind to one another and forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Colossians 3.12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness. And he lists a bunch of other things there. You can continue reading there if you want. Galatians 6 and verse 10, let us do good to everyone, but especially to those of the household of faith. And finally, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit of God is kindness. It makes perfect sense, does it not? We worship a God who shows immeasurable kindness day in and day out, and you and I are called to imitate Him, to show kindness. So, so this kindness is part of our DNA. It's just our default setting. That's just how we live. But God shows kindness in, in, in big ways, or at least is able to do that in big ways, Here in this part of the country, we pray for rain, for example, and and God is able to show us kindness at this macro level by sending rain. We pray for a harvest. He's able to bless our harvest. He's able to do these big kindnesses that you and I can't, right? We work at the micro level, but here's the thing. That's good, and that's enough, because here's the thing with kindness. The small things are the big things. With kindness, the small things are the big things because our small acts of kindness send big and important messages. They send big messages that people hear. Go back to Christmas 09 with me for a second. What made that deep impression on me, what left that indelible mark on me, weren't the presents. Though there was this one really cool one, okay, that I got. I had never seen this before, okay? It was like a little notepad, but, it was, but they were, they were tear-off $1 bills, okay? And there were like 10 or 15 of those. And I was just really taken by that, you know. It was this really cool, novel gift. So I enjoyed the gifts, but really that, it wasn't about that. Christmas 09 was about a group of people seeing a stranger who was far from home, who was missing home, and with a small act of kindness, sent a big message to me, okay? They sent this big and important message to me that said what? You belong here. You are welcome here. We love you. It was this message of acceptance and inclusion. That was a big deal, but really, They sent that message even before we got to the presence. I mean, they'd already shown such kindness in inviting me into their home, in having me sit at their table and share a meal. See, I already felt accepted. I already felt included and loved and like I belonged well before we got to the presence. But the presents were nice, right? They had shown me such immense kindness by such small actions that they did for me. I don't know if any of them remember what Christmas 09 was like, but I remember. I don't think I'll ever forget. Here I am all these years later still telling you the story as if it happened yesterday. That's the kind of impression that made on me. That's the mark it left on me. Such a small act of kindness. You know, those small acts that may be insignificant to you, maybe insignificant to us as we do them, but often they send an outsized message to the people that receive that kindness, okay? The message that kindness sends is often disproportionately larger than the act itself. You don't have to look far, actually. You don't have to go back to Christmas of 09. If you've ever attended WOW here at Sunset, there's this thing that we do. We, we take up a small collection called a cup of blessing, okay? And, and we take up that small collection uh, in light of a person's need. And, but when that person receives that kindness from this church family, the blessing that they receive, the, the, the love and compassion that they feel is so much greater, is so much larger you can't put a price tag on that. And that's how it is with kindness. You know, Bill exhorted us uh, a couple of weeks ago not to despise the small things, right? Not to neglect the small things. But he was just plagiarizing Jesus, okay? Look at what Jesus said about the small things. This is what he said about people that enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, you know, these are people that, that he says, for I was hungry and they gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, what? Lord, when? When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And here's what the king will answer them. The king will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Look at the kinds of things that Jesus considers as worthy of being mentioned. He says, you gave me something to eat. You gave me something to drink. You gave me some lightly used clothes. You had me over for a Thanksgiving meal. You brought me chicken noodle soup and crackers when I was sick. You sat with me when no one else wanted to. Small things. Let us not neglect the small things because they send big messages of love, of compassion, of inclusion, of dignity. But here's the other interesting thing and important thing about this passage, okay? Okay. He says that when we see the need of humanity around us, we are actually seeing Him. Meaning, when we show kindness to the stranger, we are actually showing kindness to Jesus Himself. So, really for you and me, we have to keep in mind that in the face of the stranger, you and I ought to see Jesus. And Jesus says that there is is a special blessing that comes when we show kindness to strangers. He explains this a little further in Luke chapter 14. So so read with me there. He says, this guy's had him over at his home for a meal. And, And Jesus tells him these words. He says, When you host a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends or brothers or relatives or your rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may invite you in return and you'll be repaid. But when you host a banquet, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. He says, since they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. See, he says there's this special blessing, a special reward, if you will, that comes when, when we show kindness to strangers, specifically to kindness who cannot repay our kindness. Uh, he, he, he calls it a special resurrection reward i don't know what that's going to look like but i want that okay i want to accumulate for myself as much of that reward as possible see he i I don't think he's saying listen you can't have over your family for a meal or you can't show kindness to your loved ones but i do think he's saying that while we should show kindness to all we should pay special attention to the stranger among us and specifically to the stranger that cannot repay our kindness now consider what a distinct message that is to the one we hear out in the world. See, the world around us doesn't think that about strangers, does it? The world around us says something to the effect of stay away from strangers. Now, now I understand. I understand some of the wisdom behind that, right? And when we're, especially when we're talking about little kids and all of that. I get that. But, but Jesus' message to us is clear. He is telling us that we cannot limit our kindness to simply our loved ones and our acquaintances, that we need to go beyond that and show kindness to the stranger because that is, again, how God, our Father, operates. We've got to show kindness to the stranger. We've got to step outside of those comfort zones that, we're, that we so love staying in and show kindness to the stranger. Now, consider this. This is a little tidbit here. He talks about this banquet, right? Right? He says, when you host a banquet, invite these people. The banquet sounds big, but it's still a small kindness. It's still a small act of kindness because here's what the banquet doesn't do for the crippled. The banquet doesn't make them walk. Here's what the banquet doesn't do for the poor. It doesn't make them rich. Right? It doesn't solve their problems. But it sends an important message that they need to hear: a message of love, a message of inclusion, a message of compassion. So we ought to show kindness to those who can't repay us, but here's really the, the rubber meets the road of Christianity. This is really where Christianity sets itself apart, sets itself apart from, from every other major world religion, if you will, and, 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 and philosophy. Jesus says it's not enough to even do that to show kindness to those who can't repay us we've got to go beyond that read with me here in Luke chapter 6 verses 32 to 36 Jesus says and if you do good excuse me and if you do good to those who are good to you what credit is that to you even sinners do that but love your enemies do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. Why? Because He is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Jesus says we're no better than sinners when we simply show kindness to the ones we love and the ones that love us back. Even sinners do that, He says, But our God is a God who shows kindness to those who don't reciprocate His love. Have you ever felt like in your kindness you're walking a one-way street? Have you ever been in that kind of a situation? Well, guess what? God walks that one-way street every single day. God walks that one-way street every single day as He shows His kindness to people that are ill-deserving and who don't reciprocate His love. So what excuse do you and I have for not showing kindness? Are you getting tired of walking that one-way street? Look to God. He does it every day. And Jesus says, you, you and I, we, we've got to do that because that is how our Father in heaven is. He shows kindness to those who are not deserving. He shows kindness to his enemies. So then there are three categories or variations, if you will, of strangers. There's a stranger that simply uh, is in, it has a specific need, right? You look around, and, and you see that they have a need. That was me in Christmas of 09. I needed to feel like I belonged. I needed to feel loved, especially being so far from home, so far from my loved ones. So there's that stranger that, that simply has a need. But there's a stranger then who, who cannot repay our kindness. And finally, there's a stranger Who's, who's our enemy? But Jesus' message, his exhortation to us about all three is the same. He says, show kindness. Show kindness to all. We've covered a lot of ground. We've seen that kindness is part of our DNA. That small acts of kindness send big and important messages and that there's a special blessing and reward that comes when we show kindness to strangers. But well, let's move from, from that knowledge, from that understanding to action. If you look, look around you here, at, the, at, at these two walls over here, you see these three big old colorful banners, okay? It says KSP, right? It's plastered everywhere. It's plastered on the walls out there, right? And KSP stands for kindness and strength and purpose. Those are three core values of this church family here at Sunset, okay? These are three things that we work very hard to integrate into every aspect of our lives. We want these three values to inform everything that we say and do, every way in which we interact with each other, every way in which we approach God and praise and worship Him, right? These are infused in all three of those. So here's my exhortation, my challenge to you this morning. My exhortation this morning to you is that you will allow that spirit of kindness to inform the way that you live. Because remember, that kindness for you and me is not a one-off event. It's not a random thing. It's not an arbitrary thing. It is our default setting. Because when when you and I connect to the kindness of God, for us to give those small cups of cold water and to show that kindness becomes as natural as drinking water. In India, anybody will give you a cup of cold water if you show up at their home. Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter. It's just part of culture and custom. And they might even do that for somebody that, that they don't like. But here's the thing about that. That's not motivated by kindness. That's just culture. It's just what you do. There isn't, but, but for you and me, it's not like that. You and I are motivated to give those cups of cold water, to show those small acts of kindness, because that is who we are. And that is how our Father in heaven is. But while we can show this kindness to one another... And there are a lot of ways in which we can do that. I encourage you to talk about this with your families and figure that out and find ways to show small acts of kindness. The biggest kindness that this family can show you is to point you to the kindness of God in Jesus. That's the the biggest kindness we can show you. And, And if you haven't experienced that, we want you to do that. We want you to experience the ultimate kindness of God as He washes away your sins makes you, uh, gives you his Holy Spirit and makes you part of his family. So we want you, we want to encourage you to do that, okay? Let this church help you do that. And as you participate, as you experience this ultimate kindness of God, as he saves your soul, for you to show kindness will become as simple as drinking water. So let this church help you do that this morning as we stand and as we sing.